wonder in our hearts that what an awesome God we have. And how awesome it is that he would choose to love us and to be here with us this morning. So God, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would be on the move this morning for that purpose. And I pray that you would speak through the the word which I share, Lord, that hearts would be open, that minds would be open, that ears would be open to receive all that it is that you are wanting to say and to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Um, I wonder how many of you have ever had one of those weeks where everything seems to go wrong. Yeah, a few people. It's not much fun, is it? No. And, and sometimes it's major things, but you know, more often than not, it's, it's petty little things which seem to all go wrong at once. And they all come at once and they add up to drive you crazy. At least that's what my experience has been this last week. You know, I, I'm not the kind of person who normally loses things or drops things or does silly things, but this week it, it just all added up. You know, it started when for some reason my bank card went missing. Annoying, but not a big deal. You know, I've got a, um, I still had uh, another card that I could use and I could just cancel the one that I'd lost with a bank and they'd send me a new one, it would be okay. Then on Tuesday, I opened my wallet, and I checked my pockets, and the credit card was gone too. Now, this is a bit more of a problem, because no bank card, no credit card, no way of getting money out of the bank, no way of buying anything. Things start to get a little bit more tricky. And then on Wednesday morning, I stepped out of the back door, I had my phone in my hand, And somehow my phone slips out of my hand and smacks the concrete floor at my feet and the screen shatters. And by this point, I have to admit, I was starting to get a little bit frustrated. But I thought, it's not a big deal. I've got a spare old phone somewhere in the house. I'll find that. I'll put the SIM card in and that'll sort me out while I get things sorted. Later on Wednesday, I go to pop out in the car and to, to visit someone. And my car keys aren't in my pocket. And I search everywhere. But in the end, time forces me to take Rosie's car keys, Rosie's bank card, and just head on out the door. (laughs) She might not have known that at the time. (laughs) I had another look around when I got home, but still I, I couldn't find any of them. And it really started to get a bit much. It takes me until Friday morning to actually find the old phone that I've been looking for from Wednesday morning. And when I do, the SIM card doesn't fit. And so it's useless. So by this point, I've got no bank card, no credit card, no mobile phone and no car keys. And as the last straw, our adorable new little puppy decides to go into the living room and go to the toilet all over the carpet. And I have to confess that that's when it all got to me. It was all too much and I lost it. You know, in the grand scheme of things, none of those things really were a big deal, but put them together and it felt like everything was going wrong. Have you ever had a week like that or a day like that? No, the good news is that when it finally all got too much, it pushed us to say we'd had enough and to really pray. Took me a while. 
But by Friday evening, I'd found my car keys, I'd found my credit card, and Pete Blennett had sorted me out with a SIM card adapter so I could put the SIM card into an old mobile phone. And so there's a lesson for me. When things start to go wrong, don't wait for them to get worse. <laughs> Stop and pray. You know, but do you know, well, this time it might have only been petty little things... There are times when we can feel like everything is going wrong, that life is falling apart and in a fairly major way. You know, times when we're not talking about losing things like a a mobile phone or car keys or something like that, but losing a job or, or losing a loved one or losing a relationship as it breaks down or seeming to lose our hopes or our dreams as things don't go the way that we thought that they would. And if even the petty little things can drive us to lose it, or at least can drive me to lose it, then how do we face those kinds of big things? What do we do when in a very serious way it feels like everything is going wrong? You know, we've been taking some time to look at Psalm 23 over the last few weeks and I want to return there again today. And uh, these are some of the most well-known verses in the Bible but recently they have have captured my heart and my imagination in in a whole new way as they paint this picture of what it really looks like to live life with Jesus. What it really looks like to trust God through every season of life. You know, how these verses challenge us us that if we really want to experience God as our good shepherd, then we have to start by recognizing that we're like sheep. That we can't provide for ourselves or defend ourselves or fix everything ourselves. We are totally and utterly dependent on the shepherd. So why don't we start this morning by reading Psalm 23 together. And and then we'll take some time to talk about what we can learn about how we can face those difficult seasons in life. Those scary seasons in life when everything seems to be going wrong. And the words of the psalm should pop up um, behind me on the screen. So um, why don't we read it together. This is what David writes. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff may comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Fantastic. You know, as God's people, as God's sheep, with Jesus as our shepherd, this psalm is a great picture of what God does for us. You know, he's the good shepherd who, who leads us and, and restores us and refreshes us and guides us and defends us and provides for us and anoints us and follows us with goodness and love all the days of our lives. You know, wherever you are at and whatever season of life you are in this morning, this is an amazing picture of how the good shepherd wants to be involved in your life if we will simply choose to be his sheep. I want to focus in on verse 4 today, where David writes, Even though I walk 
through the darkest valley, or as another translation puts it, through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And when David writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the darkest valley, this is something which is both literal for him, and it's also a word picture of what his circumstances could be like. You know, it was literal because there were times for David when he would have been walking in Israel, particularly during his days when he was younger as a shepherd, when he would literally walk through craggy valleys that were filled with all sorts of of different dangers where his own life was at risk and a, a lion could come out of the shadows and tear him to pieces before he got to the other side. Now the kind of valley that David might walk through would have looked a little bit like that. It's just a narrow pass between two rock faces And what would happen is when the the sun started to go down and the moon would come up, is that the high, kind of craggy rocks would create all manner of shadows. Shadows that would look like some kind of creature as you came around the bend, and then as you turned around another bend, the shadows would morph and change, and it would look like something else. You know, this would be a, a great place for a thief or a robber to hang out and wait to ambush someone. Or a great place for a bear or a lion to wait for a vulnerable animal to come along that it can attack. And so for David, as he talks about walking through the darkest valleys, he's picturing times in his past when he's literally walked through valleys filled with shadows and the threat of death, where he had every reason to fear for his life. But it was also a word picture for David of so many other times in his life. You know, we, I think we often have this idyllic picture of David as this great, successful, favoured king. But you know, actually he went through some pretty rough seasons in life. You know, for, for a time, David lived life on the run from King Saul, who was, became jealous of him and so wanted to kill him. And so for, for a time, he had to hide in caves just to stay alive. And then when he has the opportunity to to strike back, he then faces this internal turmoil. Should he kill Saul and solve all of his own problems? Or should he let him live and trust that God has it in hand? Now this is a time that's got to cause you to question and to, to doubt and to shake your confidence in God's promises and fill you with a kind of fear and worry that keeps you up at night. You know, at another point in his life, David had a colossal moral failure when he committed adultery and then tried to cover it up by having the the husband that he'd wronged killed in battle. You know, the knowledge of what he'd done and the consequences that he faced as a result of it, they must have kept him up at night. They must have played on his mind. Now, later in life, David's betrayed by his own son and ends up facing civil war. He marries a woman who mocks him as he dances as an act of worship to God. Now there were a whole host of things David faced and went through that must have left him feeling like everything is going wrong. That must have kept him up at night and shaken his confidence in God and what he can do. Now, but the real question for us today, for me and for, for you, is what is it that we have been through? Or what is it that we are going through that plays on our minds? 
that keeps us up at night, that causes us to worry? What is it that we've been through? What is it that we're going through that has has shaken our confidence in God? And in those times in life when it feels like we're going through a valley, when we're fearful or stressed or grief-stricken or depressed, when it feels like life is a slog and everything is going wrong, what do we do? How do we face those seasons? And this morning, I think God is wanting to show us through, through David's example, the best way to live in the midst of challenge, in the midst of pressure, in the midst of depression, in the midst of grief. How like David, we can say, even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I'm going through the most difficult of times, the most challenging of times, I won't be afraid, I won't be discouraged, I won't be defeated. And the first thing that David says is that I won't be afraid because you are with me. If you think back to your childhood for a moment, and I imagine we all had times when we were children that we can remember when we were afraid. Now I remember times when I was walking home and I'd have to walk through um, an alley, or we used to call them genels, but an alley um, or something similar. And even if I'd walked it a hundred times, For some reason, every now and then, I'd start to feel this kind of fear in me, kind of rising as I was walking through it. And I'd start to walk quicker and quicker and quicker until I almost ended up as a run to get out the other side, back where I knew I'd be amongst people and and it would be okay. Now, I remember times in the dark and thinking I could see things in the shadows as the curtain flapped. Or times when I had a bad dream and I cried out. Maybe some of you can remember similar times from back when you were children too. And in those times, then as a child, what did you want more than anything? If you were anything like me, you wanted someone to be with you. You wanted the presence of someone who made you feel safe. I think it's amazing how the presence of one person can change everything. You know, the situation is the same. The darkness is the same. The uncertainty is the same. But the presence of someone who can protect you changes everything. Now in God's amazing promise to us again and again throughout the Bible is that he is with us. That he will never leave us or forsake us. And so we don't have to be afraid. But here's the thing. When things get dark, it often gets harder to see. And that's as much true literally as it is true about what we, how we might describe the, the dark times in our lives. The hard times in our lives. They're, they're times of uncertainty and times when it can be hard to see where God is and what he's doing. I've certainly had those times and been in those times and it can be tough. But you know, as I look back now, I can see... As I look backwards, how God was at work in that season, even though I couldn't see it at the time. You know, whatever you have done, whatever situation you have been in, if you have faced a time when you have wondered, God, where are you? I want you to know that he was there. Whether you could feel him or not, or see him or not, he was there. He was with you, and he was at work to bring you through the valley and out the other side. 
And if that's how you are feeling today, if you're questioning and going, God, where are you? It's tough. I want to encourage you that God is with you. That he is at work and he has not and he will never leave you. In Isaiah 42, verses 2 to 3, God says, When you pass through the waters, you keep going on the slides, it should be coming up there. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. That's God's promise to you this morning. You will face times when you go through valleys or through waters or through fires. You will. But he is with you and will always be with you. And he will lead you through them. And why does having God with us make all the difference? Why is his presence above all others the one that makes that difference and can mean that we can feel safe? Well, David says it's because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the rod and the staff were the two kind of basic tools of the shepherd that equipped them to be able to protect and to guide the sheep. The rod would have been more like what we would have thought of as a club. You know, it would have been carved from the trunk of a tree, from the strongest part of a tree, and the shepherd would rely on it to fight the lion or the bear or the robber or whatever it might be that came along. He may use it to help count the sheep, he may use it to help guide the sheep in different ways, but the main thing he would use it for is to protect the sheep. And so when David talks about how the rod of the good shepherd brings him comfort in the dark valley, he's making a statement that I really want us to get a hold of today. What he's saying is that your shepherd, that Jesus, is capable of defending you. He is capable of looking after you. And and David understood this firsthand. This wasn't just a nice thing for him to say. You know, when David offered uh, to go up against Goliath, a ten-foot warrior who was the champion of an entire army, he was told by King Saul, don't be ridiculous, you're just a little boy. And then these are David's words in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He says, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. What did David strike the lion with? His shepherd's rod. The lion already had the sheep in its mouth, but but David says, oh no, not on my watch. And he chases after the lion. Could you catch a lion? But he chases after the lion. He strikes it and he rescues the sheep from its mouth. Now it's got to be one of the best nights that you have as a shepherd. You've got to come home from that feeling pretty good about yourself. You know, I kind of wish that in those days you had a, a, a camera phone and things that he could use and get it up onto YouTube because that's the kind of thing you, you'd want to show people and boast about and go, look at me, what I did tonight. And David goes on and he says, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul made a brilliant military decision. And he said, go. And this boy, David, goes out and he takes down the mighty warrior Goliath. Why? Because he knew that God was with him. 
And he had a confidence in the abilities of his good shepherd to defend him. He knew that his shepherd was capable to protect him. His shepherd was capable to take care of him, whatever his circumstances. You know, the God who promises to be with you no matter what is the God who is capable of taking care of you no matter what. We can have a confidence not only in his presence, but in his ability. So when you hit those moments, when you feel like you can't sleep, or when you feel like everything is going wrong, I want to encourage you that you can stop and you can rest. That's so much of what this psalm is really about. How we can stop and we can rest. Because we can trust that God is with us. That he has everything that you need. You can sleep in the midst of uncertainty or when it feels like there's simply too much to do or when life just seems to be caving around you. Because as Psalm 121 says, he who watches over Israel, he who watches over the people of God, that's you and me, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. While you are sleeping, he is working. And do you know what? There's no point in you both being awake all night long. So rest. Trust that your good shepherd has it in hand and rest. You know, not only does David have confidence because of the rod, because his good shepherd is capable of defending him, but he also has confidence because of the staff. Because his good shepherd is capable of guiding him and leading him and bringing him through the valley and out the other side. You know, the shepherd, he used the, the, the staff to keep sheep on track, to pull them out of places where they became stuck and to guide them along the way. You know, the staff was, a, it was almost a means of physical contact with a sheep that extended way beyond where his arms could reach. It was the shepherd's way of, of keeping the sheep with him and being able to reach them wherever they were at. You know, that's why when David talks about the darkest valley, it's not a, a dwelling place that he has to put up with. It's with a confidence that his shepherd is leading him through, that his shepherd can reach him, however deep the pit is, however dark the valley is, his shepherd can reach out to him in that place, get hold of him, bring him back alongside him, and get him through and out the other side. That the end is in sight because his good shepherd is the one leading him. So let me encourage you that your God is taking you through the valley. You're not going to die in the valley. It's not your dwelling place. It's not where you live. You are passing through and you will come out the other side. And this isn't just about temporary struggles that God helps us through, though that's definitely a part of it. But actually this describes the whole of this life on earth. We're passing through. There is pain and suffering and difficulty all around us. You only have to talk to a few people or turn on the news or look around to see it. But this isn't our dwelling place. We are passing through. You know, as God's sheep, as God's people, the good shepherd is leading us and the place where we will dwell is in the house of the Lord forever. Now to boil it all down, what David is saying is that my shepherd is so strong and so capable and is with me always and so no matter what I face, I will not fear. It's a declaration of saying, I may be a sheep, but I have confidence in the good shepherd, whatever comes my way. And this kind of confidence in God is what makes all the difference. 
It's this kind of confidence in God that enables us to rest whatever our circumstances, that it enables us to know peace whatever our circumstances, that enables us to have joy whatever our circumstances, so that you can lay down at night knowing that there is a, a blanket of God's love and protection over you. And you know what? Maybe the problem will still be there in the morning. Maybe whatever has caused you the stress or the pressure or the pain or the grief will still be there. But you were able to rest. You were able to be refreshed and restored and lack nothing. Because you know your God, the Good Shepherd, is leading you through. It really comes down to trusting in God and growing in faith. That's why I pray that God would increase my faith. And that's my prayer for you today, that he would increase your faith. Now, as I was down in Children's Church a few weeks ago, I was talking about Psalm 23, and I made verse 1 a memory verse for them. And in the Children's Bible I was using, uh, it said, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. And it's a handy translation, because it fits for one word for every digit. The Lord is my shepherd... And I, I have all I need. And what I encourage the children to do, and what I want to encourage you to, to do as well, is when you're facing a hard time, when you're tired, when you feel like you're starting to be, be snappy at people, because, and you're reacting because everything's going is difficult, when you don't know what to do, when something big is coming up and you, you're worried about it, when you're hurting because of something that's happened or something someone has done to you. You know what? Whenever you're in need, I want to encourage you to say this verse as a a way of pushing into Jesus and saying, I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my trust in you. And so you hold on to these fingers. And you say, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to hold on to my shepherd. I'm holding on to my shepherd because I have all I need with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm holding on to my shepherd. He will bring me through the valley. He will bring me through the darkest place. With him I have all I need. As we hold on to him. As we know that our good shepherd is with us. That he is capable. That he is protecting us and leading us. And we have all that we need. As we know that he loves us so much that he reaches out to us. With that staff, he reaches out to the darkest, deepest pit. No, nothing is out of his reach. That as we hold on to him, we know that our good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for his sheep. He laid down his life for you and for me. Nails in his hands and his feet. Stripes on his back. A thorny crown on his head. Crucified for the sins of the world. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could be washed clean and made new. So that we could be brought through the valley of separation from God. And out the other side and into relationship with Him. Now I want to lead us into communion by reading some words from the Apostle Paul. He's someone who knew what it was to be rejected and to be fearful and to go through hard times. He was shipwrecked, he had stones thrown at him to kill him. He he knew what it was to have doors of opportunity closed in his face. He knew what it was to walk through dark valleys, but he also knew the power and the presence of the Good Shepherd in the midst of them. And his confidence was in God's ability to lead him through. 
And so this is what Paul wrote. And I'm going to read these verses slowly. And I just want to encourage you as I read them to close your eyes. And to allow these words to stir your heart. To comfort you and to give you confidence that God is with you. Maybe hold on to these fingers as I read these words as your way of saying, God, I'm holding on to you. Come and, and speak to me now. Let me know that you have all I need. Why don't you just close your eyes. This is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is our God. This is our good shepherd. He loves us. He is with us. He works to protect us and lead us and has everything we need. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life on the cross for us, his sheep. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could have our new start. So that we could be brought through the valley and out the other side. In the presence of our Saviour. We're going to come to a time of communion in a moment. But as you come to communion today, I want to encourage you to bring to Jesus the difficulties of the past. Things that maybe still play on your mind or things that you have still hold on to that have, have shaken your confidence in God. Things that you still look back on and wonder, God, where were you when that happened? How could you let that happen? Things that make it hard for you to trust him in the present. Bring to him those difficulties of the past. Bring to him the difficulties that you're currently going through where you need him. In your heart, name those specific things. Don't be general and vague. Be specific about it and hand them over to God. And use this as an opportunity to choose again to be his sheep and to declare your trust in him, your shepherd. Use this as an opportunity to thank Jesus again that because of him you don't have to fear any evil because he is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. And if you're here this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus or you feel like you're a sheep that's wandered off, then use this as an opportunity to draw close to Jesus. And say to him, Jesus, I invite you to be the shepherd in my life. I need you. Forgive me for what I've done wrong and help me to live my life from this day following you, my good shepherd. 
And if that's your heart this morning, then you are welcome to come and join us and to take communion. But I want to encourage you to share it with somebody. Maybe the person serving communion or maybe the person you came along with today, but just share it with somebody so we can pray for you and support you in the decision that you're making. So if the band want to come up and, and be ready to, to play, just and I encourage you over this time just to, to take your time with it. There is no rush. This isn't just something to, to get through. But to take your time with it, to allow God to come and to speak to you. Maybe if there's, your thing is that you, you want to bring to God the difficulties where you've been questioning and saying, God, where were you when that happened, that difficulty of the past? Maybe actually you just want to sit in your seat and wait and ask God to show you where he was. To show you how he was with you in the midst of it and how he was at work and to say, to, for you to see that he's your good shepherd, that he never, never left you and never will. So the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. Saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. That you saw our greatest need. You saw our deepest pit, our darkest valley of separation from God. And you reached out to us in that deepest, darkest place. And you knew what it took to meet that need. You knew what it took to get us out of there. And you were willing to pay the price to sacrifice your very life. To suffer death on the cross so that we could be forgiven. So that we could come through, so that we could have relationship with you. I want to thank you, Jesus, that, that it wasn't the end. That you rose to new life and that you were victorious and that you were active here and now today as our good shepherd. Continuously reaching out to us again and again. To meet our need, to lift us out of dark places, to walk with us through them. That you would never leave us or